from the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch. This is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at the Dispatch, and thanks for joining us today for part two of our Halloween Horror Movie Podcast. Last week focused on the the shock-around-the-clock 24-hour horror marathon at the Drexel Theater in Bexley. Today, movie writer Terry Mikesell speaks with Jason Tostevin, co-organizer of the Nightmares Film Festival, running Thursday through Sunday at the Gateway Film Center. If you feel like you need to ease into the Halloween spirit before jumping into a series of films that may give you the heebie-jeebies, there are plenty of lighter-spirited activities to get you in the mood. For example, if crowds don't scare you too much, there's the annual Pumpkin Show in Circleville, which draws 100,000 people a day through Saturday. Foods featured include old standards like pumpkin pie, pumpkin ice cream, and pumpkin donuts, but be ready for a few supernatural offerings as well, like pumpkin chili, pumpkin burgers, pumpkin pizza... You get the idea. Other Halloween treats, I promise, include the spooktacular at the Dublin Community Recreation Center between 3 and 8 p.m. today. There will be hayrides, a haunted trail, and live entertainment. And Smith Nature Park in Upper Arlington will come alive with ghosts, witches, and zombies as part of the Golden Bear Scare. A scare ranger will lead groups through the forest and explain the history of the park. The free event for students takes place tonight. With all of that as a Halloween warm-up, you should be ready for several nights of fright, thanks to the Nightmares Film Festival, which will offer 24 feature films and 164 short films. For all the gory details, I'll let Terry take it from here. Hi, Jason. How are you doing today? Hey, Terry. Great to talk to you, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for calling in. So how many years does this make for the Nightmares Film Festival? It's hard for me to believe, but this is only our third year. Our first edition was in 2016. We will have been held annually in October, the weekend before Halloween. Okay. So where did the idea for the event come from? Well, it's a mix of things. So I was working at Kiwi Film Center, which is, you know, an independent nonprofit film center in town with Chris Hamill, who's the president. At the same time, I am and was at the time a filmmaker on the festival circuit. Right. And we are both big horror fans. So in that fertile ground, you know, having this great venue, having this experience on the festival circuit, really loving horror, mm-hmm. it had been an idea percolating for a long time. And there's also a really active horror community in Columbus. And so we wanted to serve that community. We wanted to expand the horror programming everybody could get to. And, you know, on my side, I had seen so many festivals and seen so many great ideas and at festivals and, you know, some not so great ideas or not great execution that I really wanted to offer an experience that would put those insights into practice and mm-hmm. give filmmakers, um, you know, a good experience based on somebody who's one of them. Right. Now, there are plenty of other horror film festivals and events, both in town and, and, and around the country. What makes Nightmares different? Yeah. Well, actually, there's really no other international horror film festival in Ohio. So in one way, we're filling a need just in general, just bringing in this, this content. But specifically, what makes us different, I think it starts with, like I said, I, you know, I have this unique perspective. Chris has this unique perspective. Him running exhibition at a film center, me being a, primarily a genre filmmaker, we have built it from those perspectives of what makes a great 
festival theatrical experience. So I think we start with an edge in that regard. And, you know, I think it's also in how we built it. We really built it to be purpose-driven. We said it right from the beginning. We said we want Nightmares to elevate the genre and inspire genre filmmakers. Right. That's its purpose. That's that's why we get up and do the work for it, you know, almost every day year-round around our other stuff. Right. And then in the actual experience, there are a whole bunch of things that are different, Terry, from other places that I've been. You know, one is this festival attracts really the top genre talent from around the world. They come, they present their movies, they meet the other filmmakers, and they meet the audience. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't happen everywhere. We're expecting about 100 filmmakers and screenwriters from all around the world to attend this year. And, and that's a, a lot to show up at a, at a horror film festival. Presentation at Gateway Film Center is really notable. That's a, a point of appeal for filmmakers like me to know that it's going to be presented how you intended. It's going to sound great. It's going to look great. And uh, area focus really for us is year-round engagement. So we have a private Facebook group where the filmmakers connect, make new projects, learn about one another, and the festival overall is a valued program outside of ourselves. We take it seriously. We really like it. The filmmakers like it, but it's been recognized outside of it, and that's, that's appealing for attendees and filmmakers alike. Sure. Now, if my numbers are right, I've got 24 feature-length films and 164 short films that are going to be screened. How many submissions did you have? Your numbers are exactly right, Terry. Okay, you great. have a future as a mathematician. Mostly <laughs> I just estimate. So I was going to say like 160 and 25. So uh -huh. we had about a thousand submissions and we're growing really fast every year. I mean, significant growth every year. Mm -hmm. And so that set of numbers, you know, that 188 films, that's more than a lot of festivals play. A lot of festivals are more in the 80 to 100 range. We're lucky in a couple of ways. We run two screens for a lot of the program, and that lets us, for the audience, counter-program. If one auditorium is showing horror, the other one might be showing thriller. If one's showing a feature, the other one is showing shorts. So you have an option that's you know suited for your taste. You always have an option to explore something that might not be. And something we did this year we called Recurring Nightmares. This is a new program that we created. Right. And this is so audiences over time can build a relationship with these filmmakers. So our Recurring Nightmares program is a special section of the schedule where we feature the newest films from filmmakers who've screened with us previously. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, people build, you know, fandom at festivals like ours. It certainly has happened with ours where we have people asking this year, you know, just fans asking this year, hey, is, you know, James Quinn going to have a new film or is Brooklyn Ewan going to have a new film? And this gives them a much better chance to get into the program because it, it is really competitive and so our recurring nightmares are only judged against each other rather than the broader pool. Right. So it's yep. good for them. They build a relationship over time with the festival and it's great for the fans because they like to see them back. Sure. Do you watch every submission? I watch every single short submission. Mm -hmm. I read every screenplay and I watch all of the features that make it past the first round of screening. Mm -hmm. Now, can I keep doing that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try hard. This year was this year was tough. I mean, it was a lot of Sundays in front of the TV, you know, catching up on submissions. But I really think any great experience like this comes through one filter. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Chris and I designed this filter. I know it best. Our judges 
are incredibly committed. They come to the festival. They're intimately familiar with it and the filmmakers, and they make great decisions. And I just want to make sure at the very end, you know, we don't miss anything. There wasn't something great that slipped through the cracks. Right. So I watch almost everything. Right. The, the uh, 188 screenings, is that a record number for the festival? It is a record number. Yep, that's the most. Okay. Now, I saw in a release where Chris Hamill, the co-founder, said, every aspect of Nightmares is filtered through the question, what would excite us as fans? So with you as a veteran horror filmmaker, what does excite you as a horror fan? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I think it's what we strive for. It merges perfectly with what we strive for for the festival. So we have this idea. I don't know if you've heard it. It's all centered around this idea of better horror, mm -hmm. Nightmares is. And it's our hashtag. It's sort of our call to arms. And that concept is really a compound of the things that excite us. So better horror is surprising. Mm -hmm. It takes a new avenue. It explores a boundary or pushes a boundary of the genre. Better horror is inclusive. It is, you know, it's expansive in its point of view. It includes people we don't normally see or people that don't look like me, a straight white guy, in both on the creative side and on the screen. I think better horror really has a point of view and a voice. Mm -hmm. Somebody with, who really has something to say and I think takes risks. Better horror takes risks. Okay. Those are the things that excite me, and those are also the really a lot of our curation filters, the how we choose stuff, because really we want people to show up. We want people to come, experience the program, and have it have a sense of discovery, a sense of surprise where they go, well, I really thought I loved this kind of movie. I had no idea I would love this other kind. And now I have a new favorite coming out of the festival. Okay. Now, the screenings are broken down roughly into three categories or three genres of horror, thriller, and, and midnight. What's the difference yeah. between the three? Yeah, so horror is primarily, they're really emotional concepts. So not to get too highfalutin, but that's really how we jigger them around on the schedule. Horror is really about sense of terror, a, a true sense of horror. Uh, thriller is really about tension. Mm -hmm. It's about suspense, wondering what's going to happen next. And Midnight is really about the absurd. So that can be the terror of the absurd. It can also be the humor of the absurd. You know, we have a horror comedy shorts block, and a lot of that is really the, the comedy of the absurd, mm -hmm. which is also scary. You know, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, but that's what you can expect to experience. If you go into a horror shorts block, it's mostly going to be about terror, things that are scary, things that are dreadful. When you go into a thriller block, it's really going to be about tension, and suspense and midnight will really be about absurdity about you know the phrase WTF you'll really mm -hmm. go like wow that, that's crazy yeah so you have a fair amount of movies making either a world or a national premiere at the festival do you know off the top of your head how many there are oh gosh features making their premiere I feel like at least half of our features are our world or North American premiere I believe mm -hmm. that was the number so probably 12 13 in that area and then shorts it's about a third of them are being seen for the first time. Why do you think uh, filmmakers view Nightmares as an in-demand spot to help hold their premieres? Yeah, another great question. I think I know, and these are the things they've told me. One is because they're with their peers. Like I said, the, the other filmmakers show up for this. And, you know, it's in part reunion, part uh, a networking session, and you want your peers to see your work, your newest work. The other thing is we have been really lucky to build a, a really high profile the festival generates a lot of coverage in the in the genre community and the genre industry, and so they know that they will be covered. They will have articles written about them. That they will be reviewed. It's a really good launching point. And the previous people who have premiered at the festival have gone on to really successful fest runs. I think in part because ours is sort of a bellwether program. It it sort of kicks off really the next year's 
season. I think people are watching closely. I think the third reason, maybe the most important reason, is they know how enthusiastic the audience is. Mm-hmm. This audience really loves horror. This audience is warm and encouraging, and they have and they're sophisticated. We have a sophisticated audience that can handle a boundary being pushed or an unusual take or a strong voice, and I think they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the movies making its world premiere is Haven's End by Chris Etheridge, a filmmaker out of Atlanta. I've seen the movie, and this really falls more into, thriller, into the thriller category, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know, what did you like about the movie? Well, I think, so Chris is really unique in that he puts together a production team that I really respect. So that's the thing, you know, programming a festival is two sides. You know, who makes the movie and what does the movie look like? I don't want to ruin any turns in the movie, but I really love the what turns out to be the the force that they're reckoning with. Mm-hmm. You know, we start off with this seemingly terrorist attack across the country, and then it turns out to be something far more surprising. Right. I really like that about that. I think people are really going to enjoy that part of the movie. And then also, he brought in, and this is the cool thing about independent horror, he brought in Hannah Fearman, who was in a couple of very popular crossover films, you know, that got some views, VHS, and a feature called The Siren that people are going to recognize. So that when they see the movie, they'll see her, and that's a fun surprise for people. Mm-hmm. Now, this film is making its world premiere outside of competition. Now, what does that mean exactly, and is that unusual? Yeah, so it is very unusual. It's unusual because uh, part of scheduling or arranging your world premiere for a filmmaker is making sure that it gets the most recognition and raises its profile as high as possible. And so I think it speaks to Chris's belief in the boost Nightmares will give him that he is premiering out of competition because what that means is he's not eligible, the film is not eligible for the award. Terry, you and I have talked about this before. I have a very particular take on awards. I'm trying to build a community, Chris and I are trying to build a community that understands that awards have an important place in the festival circuit, but they're not the most important thing. And sometimes they get turned into the most important thing. And I really, really respect Chris for engaging the festival on its merits and worrying less about the awards. But it's unusual because typically, like I said, when you world premiere, you're hoping for some award that will give you just that little bit more boost when you go out to get coverage or to talk to distributors or talk to fans. Mm-hmm. Now, another movie that's screening, I think it's making its world premiere there, uh, is live screened by a South Carolina filmmaker, Michelle Anantuano. Now, this basically blends horror and, and video games and builds its tension without basically moving from a computer screen, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is It is essentially, I mean, we really threatened to totally undersell the movie by saying it's a dude on the screen <laughs> playing video games the whole time. You can't believe how tense and thrilling the movie is. And then when you learn the story of its creation, this is another great thing about attending festivals, is you meet the filmmakers and you learn what happened behind the scenes and what it took to make the movie. And when you learn Michelle's story that she, you know, she shot the movie, she created these levels that you see, the the video game levels you see on the screen, she made and then put in the movie. So she actually made video games Mm -hmm. and put in the movie that, you know, She shot it on a green screen with one guy over a weekend. It's really a special accomplishment. I'm really proud of her for that movie. And and you would swear that the dude on the screen, as you say, is a 66-minute single take. Oh, I know. It feels just like that. I don't know if you had a chance to talk to her yet. It's very close. I mean, I think it was three takes. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, are there many women working in horror today? Is, is Michelle unique in that regard? I'm really happy to say, well, here's what I don't know, Terry. I don't know if the number of women working in genre and in horror is increasing or if they are 
becoming more visible. I don't know which one of those is the case. I am very pleased that we have so many women filmmakers in Nightmares this year because we put a priority on finding people of color and women and people in the LGBTQ community who are making movies because they're just traditionally underserved and underseen. Mm -hmm. And so your question was, are there many? I don't know. I just don't know the answer. The other thing I tell you is I think film school graduates are about 50-50. And then when you get up to Hollywood, the percentage of women making movies directing is like 7%. Mm -hmm. So we're losing... Not that every film school graduate wants to be a director, right? But we're losing some significant percentage there. And I think, you know, we're we're doing what we can, our little part, to try to close that gap. Right. So the festival takes place October 18th through the 21st. How much are tickets and where can you get them? Yes. The festival offers three ways to watch movies. The number one, my favorite, the best way, also unfortunately happens to be the most expensive, but I think it's a great value, is our VIP festival pass. VIP Festival Pass gets you a seat in every round of screenings, so you're guaranteed a seat in every round of screenings. You get access to the VIP Lounge, which is a closed-off private big lounge with cool residential seating and a dedicated bar and dedicated entrances to the auditorium, so it's really cool. That's one of those things where I was out on the circuit. I thought, well, this would be the best way to watch movies, and so we were able to make it happen. The second version of a pass we offer is a festival pass. VIP is 149 for the four days. Festival pass is 99 for the four days, and that gets you an individual screening ticket on the day of the screenings to anything that's not sold out. So this is, again, a great value. Most people who come in the morning and get their tickets will be able to get in to see most of the things that they want to see, and they just need to be aware that sometimes the films with the biggest appeal do sell out, so they might get sold out of those. But if they get there early, mostly they don't have that, that trouble. And then the third way are our individual screening tickets, and that's just like a movie ticket. It's a ticket to either a feature or a block of shorts, and you can buy them at the film center or online. Individual tickets are $12 each. Okay, great. Well, listen, thanks for calling in, Jason. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate the support. Thanks, Jerry. Sure thing. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.